This is Cam from the Nerdbook Review, where we strive to broaden your fantasy horizons. If you are listening to this podcast today and you have been listening to our podcast in the past, I want to apologize first for the long delay. We've had a heck of a few months with a, a full remodel, completely tore out our kitchen, tore out a couple walls in the house even, and uh, restarted. Then we three weeks ago, we had our sweet little baby Betty, and she's doing wonderful, so is mother. But then a week ago, if you're listening to this this week, uh, my wife also had to have her appendix out, so it has been a crazy one. Uh, if you are listening to this back to back, you're going to be first getting A Big Ship at the Edge of the Universe by Alex White, and then Rosewater by Tade Thompson. Uh, first will be The Big Ship, and then will be Rosewater. Um, I will have a short little intro in case you are listening to it separately for Rosewater. But the first thing I need to do is apologize to Alex and anyone else who might be listening to us who prefers to use uh, gender neutral or uh, not the uh, traditional gender pronouns. Uh, We used his and he for Alex when Alex prefers they and their. And I do apologize for that. Uh, it is. It was certainly something that was an oversight that we should have. It was something that we should have noticed and taken care of because something that was pretty easily seen out there if we had paid a little bit better attention. So once again, we apologize. We hope that in the future that will not be an issue for us. We'll always make sure we use the proper gender pronouns for um, any author who will be on the podcast. Uh, inclusivity is important to us. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we try to make sure that we have uh, a good mix of men and women and minorities as well. It's something that I think is positive for both the podcast and the writing world, and it enables you to broaden those horizons. Uh, so you get to see some... Uh, it doesn't always have to be a traditional sword and board fantasy set in a European setting, and it's something that's kind of fun when you can um, get those different uh, different perspectives. So... Uh, I'm going to give you the old spiel. It's been a little while since I've done this, but you can reach us by, via email at nerdbookreview at gmail.com. You can see us on Twitter at nerdbookreview, Facebook at nerdbookreview, and basically nerdbookreview anywhere you want to look at us. Um, look us up. We love interacting with people. Um, we have been lucky enough to interact with a few people recently, a little more than usual, and it has been. It's it's something that makes doing the podcast fun when you can interact with people and see that uh, that not only are people listening, but they enjoy talking books with you because that is what we are trying to do here. All right. After that long rant, once again, uh, we hope you enjoy the podcasts, and hopefully, we'll be able to be a little bit more regular with them. We are getting near the end of this round of remodel. Hi, I'm Cam. I'm Barry. And I'm Chris. And this is the Nerdbook Review. Uh, Depending on how we do this episode, it's either the second part of a doubleheader or the next week. Chris, you look like you're really getting ready to talk about something. Oh, okay. (laughs) Nope. Um... This is going to be A Big Ship at the Edge of the Universe by Alex White. Uh, it came out in June of this year. December, uh, so just real quick here, the second book in the series will be out. It's 480 pages long. It is the first book in the Salvager series. Uh, I forgot to write the uh, good read or get, do a book blurb, and then Casey took the book. You have it? Yeah, I could pull it up. Boots Ellsworth was a famous treasure hunter in another life, but now she's washed up. 
She makes her meager living faking salvage legends and selling them to the highest bidder. But this time, she might have stumbled on something real. The story of the Haro, a famous warship capable of untold destruction. Nyla Brio is the top driver in the Pan-Galactic Racing Federation and the darling of the racing world until she witnesses the murderer, murder of a fellow racer. Framed for the murder and on the hunt to clear her name, Nyla only has one lead. The killer also hunts a woman named Boots. On the wrong side of the law, the two women be board a smuggler ship that will take them on a quest for fame, for riches, and for justice. I realize I forgot to do my quick take on both of these, but that's a pretty darn good... Uh, yeah, not covers, too long. It yeah. covers your two main characters, what's yep. going on, what what uh, pushes them into the story. Yep. Yeah, so a two-character point of view book. Uh, Nyla, as we mentioned, or as the uh, review mentioned, she's rich. Uh, I think her dad is the governor of a planet. Uh, and she's young, too. And she's young, yeah. She's like 21, basically. She's smoking hot. Uh, she is... This one is the uh, crazy one. She's incredibly good with magic. Uh, didn't really expect that one when I started. I, I didn't know anything about this <laughs> yeah. other than Chris said he wanted to watch or wanted to read this. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I try for so I talked to the person at orbit in charge of arcs and I said, hey, can I get a copy of a big ship? And she said, yes. I started reading it and I'm like, what magic? <laughs> this is a sci fi. That's uh, that's actually Barry. Uh, Normally, you're the sci-fi guy here, but we tricked you. We got you to read a space fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a space opera, if you will. Uh, yeah, did not expect the magic, but it was cool. Yeah. Um, so Nyla, though, like, I think you're supposed to hate her to start off with. What's funny is, is I never did hate her. Um, I read a lot of reviews where people were like that didn't love the book where their like main thing was is that uh that they're like, well, Nyla was just such an unlikable character. And yeah, she could be pretty unlikable probably, but she's young. She's rich. What do you expect? You know? Yeah. And well, and like the best in her very celebrity driven uh, job. Yeah. But I think that that here's my thing is that like, I don't really care if someone's an asshole, if they're legitimately good, like in real life, I'm okay with dealing with assholes if they're competent. Like, and so since she really is the best racer and is, you know, like she, she talks about like she spends like basically like eight hours a day training in addition to, you know, I yeah. mean, so it's like Odell Beckham Jr. can be Odell Beckham Jr. But if he was like, you know, if he was the number three receiver on, uh, I don't know who's bad right now. The bills. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> if he was the number three receiver on the Bills, well, the Giants are good. Yeah. <laughs> but he's the number one receiver. Okay. I mean, hey, yeah, that's hey fair. I think the Bills have as many wins as the Barry and I's teams combined right now. So, I mean, that's with Peterman, you know, throwing ten percent uh, interceptions. Ten yeah, percent of his throws are interceptions. <laughs> the Giants have two wins or just one? One. Yeah, so do the Niners. They have uh, Saquon though. And Saquon the, is awesome. And the Bills have two. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, at least the My team is so good. The nine, at least, I mean, at least Garoppolo like is got hurt, you know? Yeah, that's a pretty good excuse. And they're pretty awful aside from him. I mean, how many times knows? have the 49ers been four and nine in the season? I don't know, but I don't think it's going to be this year. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to win three more <laughs> games before they hit that point. <laughs> 
I'm not a sure. A boy they can would. dream. Yeah. That would be that would be neat. The four and nine forty niners. Yeah. I mean, I got exactly what you're talking about, but then I started thinking about how many how like what the <laughs> odds that they'll win three more games this season are, and I don't think it's high enough for this year. Anywho. Yeah. So uh, Nyla, she is like I said, um, and what she actually has is basically like a mechanical glyph. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess we should explain the magic a little bit before yeah. we get the boots because boots doesn't have magic. So um, yeah. who would like to discuss magic in this one? Well, so magic is uh, glyph driven, um, which is to say that uh, each person's magic has sort of a, uh, it's almost like a skill. It's like an enhanced skill. Uh, So like you had said, mechanical skill where when, when Nyla is racing, her use of the glyph kind of makes the the vehicle an extension of herself she can mm-hmm. like she understands what's going on within the vehicle uh, yeah. better than a normal person it's like a halo in avatar <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah actually like yep. that's actually a pretty good uh yep. a pretty good way to put that um I, don't, I honestly would never have thought about that before, and I'm, I'm really disgusted with your smug little smile you've got over there, Barry. But <laughs> I got more. I got worse. I got worse. Just wait. <laughs> but yeah, that's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good one. Is there going to be a number two ever for Avatar? Wasn't there supposed to be like he, he six keeps, in them? He keeps threatening it. I mean, yeah, I, think there? They, I think they're coming out like 2020. 2020. 2022 something like that they're coming but it's going to be a while okay because i'm but just they really are happening yeah well i thought that there were I supposed to be like because six I believe of that them he wants to make money so <laughs> and i believe that he will earn money if he puts them out so yeah i mean i really liked avatar i'll definitely go mm-hmm. see a number two i, I guess charlie chaplin's granddaughter is going to be in him huh. <laughs> una chaplin i don't know really they're like her first two names like you start her name there's only four letters the first two were O, and you think oh wow, is the rest of it going to be oh none and then it's N.A., so it's something else. I got gotcha. <laughs> you. got that. That was stupid. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> what are you going to do, you know? Um, so anyways, so yeah, so the magic, like, basically, it's not like uh, everyone doesn't have, like, doesn't just, isn't able to use all kinds of magic. They're not shooting bars of light out a uh, wheel of time. You have, you know, a certain thing. Um, there's going to be a couple of them that will have that mechanical one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people that have ones where they can um, get data really well. Um, their captain of the ship can make shields. Mm-hmm. So he actually... Which is a helpful thing yeah. if you're running a smuggling ship. Yeah, so he actually makes like the shields and he controls the shields. He can feel them, like move the power around like, and it's through his own you know, ability for the ship that they're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a healer type of a person, but he, their healer has a, like a messed up glyph. So it doesn't work quite right, mm-hmm. and but he's able to make plants grow still, and uh, so yeah. So I guess if the glyph is screwed up, then you know it can. It, so it's actually a physical manifestation, you know. Mm-hmm. Barry, um, you want to talk about boots? Yeah, Our second boots, point of view character. Yeah, boots is one in six million people don't have any magic abilities. Boots is one of these people. I mean, she is the complete foil to Nyla. Nyla is just like top of her game, young, beautiful, like an alpha female, famous. Boots is down on her luck, you know, <laughs> feels she's older, she's 
She's like cons people with these pathetic little reprehensible cons of telling them there's treasure places when it's not. I mean, she's like the complete foil, like the complete opposite. She doesn't do very well. And she is only one in six million people have absolutely zero magic ability. She is one of these people. I think if you want to compare that to human terms, one in six million people are never nudes. (laughs) (laughs) There are dozens of us. Dozens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like, that's about as rare as finding a never nude. So... I mean, it's incredibly rare in this world, even though it's easy for us to believe that we're not magic. Yeah, yeah. but Boots is—I don't know—I find her a pretty fantastic character. She's like she's uh, just ends up jumping back in with her old ship here. This isn't too much spoiler because it's near the beginning. I think she ends up with her old captain in her old life that she kind of, due to an old like events that happened in the past that you'll find out about later, she and lost her life on being part of a smuggling ship and ended up in her pathetic life. But she's going to find herself at like kind of at a shot of redemption with her old captain. Like when you get caught up in the um, pretty intense, uh, pretty fast-paced plot that you get. Yeah. Well, and I think that uh, Boots' storyline is where a lot of people will, like, describe Firefly with magic because Boots, you know, she's washed up now. She doesn't have the magic, but she was, like, a really good fighter pilot in this, like, civil war that had happened um, basically about 20 years ago, maybe even longer. I can't remember if it was a little bit longer than that, but where her planet was actually completely destroyed at the end of the war. And so a lot of these people were, uh, you know, a lot of them were pardoned, but then, but some of them, you know, like for being on the wrong side, kind of like the brown coats in Firefly, you know, with Nathan uh, Fillion's character is that they're a little bit misfits. So um, her captain doesn't never didn't give his fighter, his his ship back. It was basically like a fast dropped ship type of, you know, kind of a ship. And so he kept it afterwards, and now he uses it to smuggle. So this is where kind of you're going to get some of that uh, that Firefly with magic talk. But I didn't feel like in any way was it derivative. You know, we mentioned like before that, you know, Gray Bastards is one we reviewed that I loved and you thought was well-read too, but it was derivative. You know, I mean, it was yeah. basically fan yeah. fiction of in its own way of uh, um, Sons of Anarchy. But this one is definitely stands on its own. But I think you'll definitely see some of the similarities if you are a Firefly mm-hmm. fan as well. In a few ways, I actually kind of got a, uh, uh, between Nyla and Boots, I got a little bit of like a Luke Skywalker and Han Solo type of vibe. I got that a little bit with uh, with some of the planets too. Like yeah. you'll have the rich parts of town, which I felt were really futuristic. Yeah. And then you'll have the like slums that everyone's in that like that didn't feel like they were in any way futuristic. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you know, the canyon scene on the yeah, ice yeah. planets, kind of yeah. kind of reminiscent have- of the uh, Death, Death Star. So anyways, yeah, you could get a little bit of feel here and there, but I mean, I didn't feel like in any way at any point it was derivative of any of them. I felt no, like it was his own story. No, it really is its own thing. Yeah, It hits the right archetypes of, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, nothing's really truly original anymore. I think it hits a lot of the right archetypes of good hero stories we've all read in the past of many different genres. Yeah. And I think that Boots and Nyla were uh, were good. And Barry mentioned said foils on each other, like they were the exact opposites. Where Nyla is just so competent, and Boots until you'll see her in her element later on when she has a a, a, a little fighter type ship, you know, where she's good in that. But for the most part, since she doesn't have magic, she really is at a disadvantage um, for the most part. Except 
um, her not having magic, um, I'm not going to go any too deep into this because it will be spoilery, but does actually help when they deal with Mother, who is the main villain in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mother actually can stop time. That's her magic. And create like a like a little uh, alternate universe type of a deal where uh, time, you know, isn't moving for anyone else. And uh, most people would be trapped because of their magic. But because she doesn't, the, the, he has no magical ability at all. She can't be trapped mm-hmm. in it. So it's kind of like when Arnold Schwarzenegger covers, covers himself in mud in Predator. You know, the Predator can't <laughs> see him. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, there's a. Very, you are just throwing out zingers left and right. I mean, just uh, everything you say is gold right now, even if it's ridiculous. <laughs> one character <laughs> I loved, one of my, I think my favorite of the non main two characters was Orla, the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, shipkeeper. I, I might be messing those names up, but you know, like uh, that was the character I think was completely disagreeable on the one of the sh- women on the ship. Did I say that right? I don't recall what her name was. Yeah, I'm, I'm having the hardest <laughs> but she time. She was rem- a great. I think she was a great character because she starts off completely <clears throat> like we you've talked about. Maybe people don't like Nyla. Well, people definitely don't like her at the beginning because she's yeah, she was adversarial. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. very disagreeable with people. Very mean. Very confrontational about a lot of issues. But like, she turns out to be just have a really big heart and like she does a lot of cool stuff throughout the book. She's yeah. just very passionate and like she just. Great supporting cast member, I think. Yeah. You know, if I mean, I think we'll talk about this later, but I really think this is a great. Some of these, some books would be grid uh, series. I think this, just this one book, put it into a one movie in itself, and you can make a fantastic, like two to three hour, awesome science fiction action movie. Yeah. Well, and I, I really did like the all of the supporting cast. I mean, there might have been one or two that didn't get a ton of play, but they were all very different. And I think they were different because of their magical glyphs were different. So they had their own um, thing they brought to the crew. So it gave everyone like, you know, they didn't, they weren't cookie cutters of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, this is something that's intergalactic. We're going to be on different planets. Um I felt like there was cool that there was, you know, diff- like you had different planets. Uh, Chris, did you have anything good or bad about them? I think you mentioned something before. Yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed all the, the scene setting for, for some of the environments that we were in. Uh, I mean, there's kind of an ice area that was really mm-hmm. cool. And I, for the most part, there were, there were a few times where I didn't quite get a feel for the city that we were in uh, i couldn't tell exactly how futuristic it was uh but for the most part uh, the having all the different planets allows you to allows you to be really colorful and mm-hmm. and 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 have such a, a broad variety uh in your world that that really helps you with that movie in your mind that you're always mm-hmm. harping on and uh <laughs> And I thought that this did that really well with there were a few scenes that I kind of I just wasn't exactly sure what the setting was mm-hmm. surrounding the, the city, this the scene. Yeah. Well, and you know, when you mentioned the uh, the Star Wars thing, that's I never had that problem in the because of that whole movie in my mind thing. I always talk about I just put um, like kind of a Star Wars feel into the <laughs> planets. So we're like, I just kind of got like a dirty Tatooine type, like in the bar slums type of a feel for when they were 
in yep. the lower city. And then I just imagined the uh, in the newest Star Wars one where they're like in the casino, like beautiful yeah. part on top. That's kind of how I just imagine the world. I know mm-hmm. that might sound ridiculous, but like that's this is where that whole movie, my mind thing works so well that like I just imagined a slums for the lower one and maybe not as technologically advanced because of that. Mm-hmm. And then up top was where it was all pretty and all of the cool technology was in my mind. Okay. And then also uh, the uh, main bad character mother mother was awesome but i imagined a mix between the uh, character on michael r fletcher's book that has like six arms with swords and the uh one of the uh those robot um clone bad guys from star wars that that steal the the one that steals all the lightsabers from the jedis he kills yeah general Uh, grievous general grievous that's who i imagined the uh mother to look like in my mind i know that's not quite right but that's just (laughs) what like mother looked like in my mind yeah yeah kind of like that but a little bit more like darker pigment with like a costume and everything like yeah lots of crazy like steampunk stuff going on in the head and some like capes yeah it's mother's fabulous man yeah mother's a cool bad I keep I'd love to bang guy, heads batty. with mother. I don't think I would want to bang heads with mother. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Mother was pretty vicious. <laughs> Plus, you know, all metal. So that would be real painful. <laughs> He's laughing at what I'm actually saying. You're not. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't catch it until after way too late. So, oh, God. <laughs> don't worry, Cameron. We can show you what it's like. Yes. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Barry! We got our metal cord out of the way twice. Today, yeah, Barry did. is just on fire tonight. <clears throat> All righty then. <laughs> well, uh, oh dear heavens! Is there anything more about like the storyline that you guys want to include? Or um, you didn't mention Ranger the battle armor? No, oh, yeah, but the oh, battle yeah, armor is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, but it's like a pet. Like I love how it's like. Yeah, I kind of just imagine it's like this giant uh, like panther jaguar type of a thing like in a in a way like like the way that it like mentally functions is kind of how I imagined it is like this big feline looking like I know that it's not that at all, but I'm saying like that's just kind of how like I imagined it as like mm-hmm. a pet almost. I know that it's her battle armor, but it's usually she's not in the battle armor though. Right. Yeah, it, it was described as her battle armor, but at I mean, it's not something like it it's basically like a robot yeah like yeah kind of a pet robot <laughs> <laughs> this this book is like very like we've mentioned the, the three characters we've mentioned that are human are very strong female characters too like i mean there's the they're the captain of the ship is male but like these char- females are not subservient to the male character so you know if you're into the like you know the strong female leads and i think it kind of fits they're pretty original female characters. They're not like your, like in my opinion, a big critique I have in the new Star Wars is you have a great female lead who's has skills but is like boring beyond belief. These girls were not boring at all. No. They were darn cool characters. Well, and then and really like Boots, even though you know you don't see it early on. I mean, she was an amazing fighter pilot even without having any magic. You know. Yeah. And I mean, she's and then Nyla is like an incredible badass too in her own way like in terms of combat she becomes one and then the i can't believe we can't none of us can remember that is it ula i'm i'm gonna feel so stupid that i can't remember i remember ranger her or- battle armor my mm-hmm. bet or my money's on orla <laughs> okay well, well we'll have to look it up but um 
But anyways, but like the three main like people with fighting ability are all women. Mm-hmm. And they're the, really the three main characters. Yeah, the the, the captain is the the fourth, and he's a, he uses shields, mm-hmm. so that's his thing. But aside from that, like the men aren't um, really fighters. Even in this, mother's the bad guy, the main bad person. We assume and, that the mother's a female. No, we know she is. Oh, by the end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, the, I mean, yeah, it's like, not a boy named Sue. Then no. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, all of the main fighting is done by females. It was a cool book, and here's one thing I want to talk about. I read the book in a day and a half. It's 480 pages, but it reads way faster than 480 pages. And it was a book that, to me, was one step on the right side of the line from not being a popcorn read. Um, I, I one thing is like Nick Eames' Kings of the Wild last year. My favorite, like my the most fun book I read last year. But Casey, he didn't like it as much because he said it's just a popcorn read. And you know what? That was that's the kind of uh, critique you could you could level at Kings of the Wild. I mean, you knew no one was really going to die. Everything was going to turn out. A lot of things, crazy things have to go their way to make it. But this one, it could have gone that way. But it stayed just on the right side of being really fun while also having like a real moral uh reason you know moral what, what implications I'm implications yeah in the story where like things bad things were happening and not everyone does come out you know in the okay in the end yeah. type of a deal and it was it, for me it, it just straddled that line so well i mean it's gonna it, it is in the running for my favorite or for that my most fun book i read this year type of a book because of that you know mm-hmm. where it was fairly lighthearted, but it had enough moral punch to it to to be more than just a popcorn read what do you guys think as far as like what, what you really enjoyed about or whether you really liked it or what you felt about it honestly i've been in a slump on finding books that i really enjoyed you know if you ever go on a slump you know it's not like you know baseball or anything but like I've had a long string of books that I didn't terribly enjoy a lot, and this really this is like my home run to get me out of the slump, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoyed it. I haven't enjoyed a book like this in a while, mainly because of just how accessible the characters were, how easy the plot was to get into, you know. And I find that to be an admirable trait, really. I mean, I mean, I, we shouldn't hipster things say it's a complicated book which makes it better and if you're smarter you should get into it it's like no it should be fairly easy if you want to get your point across right um and yeah just great characters great story um i thought it you know the thing is it's like a series but like without giving any spoilers away i feel that the plot wrapped itself pretty well i mean you'd have to get creative to come up with a sequel unlike ancillary justice where the second one can pick up right away yeah would you agree? Yeah. Well, I no, I agree with you in that. Well, I mean, I see exa- I see where it's going to go with book number two. I mean, I love the way the book one it wraps up, mm-hmm. and then and then like has like a little part that almost could be like a pro. Uh, what what's like a pro? You yeah, know, like one of the after credits. Scenes yeah. The, yeah, yeah. It was like you know, like get ready to start book number two. Like you can see where they're what they're doing with it. You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I I. I don't have a problem with popcorn reads. Yeah. And so well, I don't really, either. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. That, you know, but yeah, this did, this did have kind of that, um, you know, that summer blockbuster movie type of type of feel to it with, 
with action and intrigue and you know the a little bit of romance and uh yeah I, I really enjoyed it yeah okay and one thing i guess to say you know for for those of you who um do and enjoy and, and look for something the um it is a um a lesbian romance in the book um yeah so if you're looking yeah. for so if for that's something you're looking for it's yeah there. Yep, and I mean, if you're the kind of person that doesn't like that thing, well, you probably shouldn't be listening to our podcast yeah. as we have discussed. off. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, and uh, but <laughs> sorry, can we do that now? Uh, yeah, you know what? No one's ever thrown out that uh, required me to have the explicit since we started cussing in our. But uh, if we need to, we'll throw it out. But yeah. yeah. But anyways, but uh, if that's something that you look for, which is uh, you know we consider a positive, if that's what you're looking for, yeah. then uh, it's done in a great way to where like. It's not the uh, defining characteristic of either of the characters. No, they're both their defining characteristic is being badasses. Yeah, and uh, they just happen to uh, fall in love. So yeah. Anyways, so there is that. If that's what you're looking for, and um, yeah, it's just a book that is was it fun. Love, though I'm just curious, or is it just kind of a fling? I mean, we can cut this. I don't want to go down this wormhole. <laughs> yeah. I, thought I don't the, think they get into love. You know, I think you know maybe they're just getting. I know. think that I would be surprised if in book two they're not a couple. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. is more of like a fling. This, but I think it's like the kind of fling where like that you don't know that you're gonna die type of a, you know at first like to where the emotions are there, but because of the situation you're in, it's more physical. You know, mm-hmm. possibly. I mean, like the war. You get in that, like war, you know, you, you you see this in in other stories where they're like in a war setting, basically, because that's what basically what they're in is a war setting mm-hmm. for a lot of it. You know, they're running, they're fighting, and sometimes when you have that kind of romance, there the feelings are there, but it's mostly exhibited in a physical way while you're because that's all you can have. You know, in that kind of in a stressful situation. No time yeah. for an ice cream date, I guess. Yes, they, yeah, they they didn't have a whole <laughs> they lot can't of time. Go have a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> So I yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to to put it, you know. Yeah. So anyways, but, but yeah, but it might not last after that. I it's mean, possible. Uh, I mean, because you know how many love interests are there in like Clive Cussler novels? How many how many did Dirk Pitt wander through, and then when the next book starts, not she's not around. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm uh, Rob. My father in law loves his Clive Cussler novels, but mm. I've never read any Clive Cussler novels. My dad is a huge fan. I've yeah. read most of them. Yeah, Katie used to read them all the time too, because mm-hmm. she would her dad would buy them on Kindle. Yeah, and then she would read them too. So, but yeah, and that, that's what's funny is is that, um, Rob's read Game of Thrones because of our Kindle. So, <laughs> and he he's a big fan of those, but he's not a, usually a big sci-fi. He likes his awful detective novels mm. that are like they, where the guy puts one out like every three months, and he goes on Kindle Unlimited, you know, and reads his. Anyways, you like Stephanie Plum? I don't know who Stephanie Plum. Oh, never mind. <laughs> in some ways though like Clive Cussler's not a terrible comparison to this with as far as just being action packed and and having uh you know having chases mm-hmm. and and mystery and intrigue and uh, yeah it's Chris is making a real point and Barry's just looking at him with a shit eating grin on his face. I don't know what he's getting ready. He's got something he wants to say. <laughs> okay. Actually, don't. Okay, he just had such a, a grin that he's had like all night. He just keeps on getting his create his ridiculous points out that are spot on, and I just was waiting for what witty thing he was gonna say. 
I got nothing. Got nothing. Uh, and I've clearly had a few beers right now too. I was just so laughing I'm... about my Stephanie Plum comment no. to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you read like one for the money, two for the dough. You know, it was like a there was anyway. Okay, we're, we got to cut this part because it's okay. There was a terrible Catherine Catherine Heigl movie about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, rating for this book. What do you think, Barry? Four and a, ha- four and a half. It's not perfect, you know. I kind of agree with Chris. You know, sometimes I was a little lost in the settings, uh, and I don't think it was perfect. You know, I have a hard time giving fives out. You know, I'm kind of a, I don't know, I'm a stickler on fives, but um, yeah, I give it a four and a half. It's a pretty darn good book, Chris. Yeah, I uh, in, in trying to think of you know what my what my ratings actually mean, uh, I had kind of come to the conclusion that like for me a five is something that if it's a part of a series and I give it a five I'm going to reread it and then the rest of the series mm-hmm. and and a four is kind of a I, I enjoyed it and I'm going to continue reading uh, whatever comes after it uh, I mean I'll obviously I'll, I'll in a series um, and I, this is somewhere in between I I think there's a distinct possibility that I would reread this mm-hmm. uh in anticipation of the second book, but I'm not completely sure. So I, yeah, four and a half is kind of where I'm, I'm landing as well. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just going to say right now that, uh, I don't think it's going to be too much of a concern since we just read the book and we have access to the arc for book number two currently as of today. So yes. (laughs) So, uh, anyways, it's probably, uh, I've got two books I'm currently reading as soon as I'm done with those two. I'm going to read the arc for book number two. So it's a five star for me. Um, I have this... uh, I think that I've kind of gotten to where I give more five stars than the average reviewer. And then like the five plus are my like... This is the great, you know. Yeah. But this one is getting... is pretty close to that for me. Um, I can't think of too many more books. I... It's weird because it's a sci-fi book, so it's not it's in not the. It's not really a sci-fi. It's book. not. It's a. <laughs> it's you know what I. It's like a, it's a space opera. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Like Lewis um, Buhold McMaster's, um, which we have to do. It, Barry and I, at the very least, and I think all three of us. She is one of my favorite authors. She's won more Hugo's than any other author, male or female. And she has like there's like sixteen or twenty six something crazy number of of those. Uh, um, the Verkozigan saga, which I love. I read them from start to finish. I read like 16 in a row when I discovered them about three or four years ago. And anyways, but it's kind of like in that vein where it's more like a, it, it's just set in a, in a fantasy, you know, in a, in a futuristic sci-fi setting, but that's not the, and it's not about being a sci-fi, you know? Yeah. It's definitely soft sci-fi, not hard sci-fi is the way to <laughs> yeah, put it. Yeah. But I just had such a good time reading it. I sat down and I stayed up way too late reading it one night and I finished it the next day. I mean, 480 pages in two days with, you know, and with not exactly being having, you know, I mean, I get home, I got to take care of brand and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I loved it. I had it was great. Um, I can't wait to read book number two. And if book number two is anywhere close as good as book number one, then uh, we're going to have two books in the same year from this author that, that will be on my favorites list, you know? Awesome. So, yeah, just had a great time. I think that pretty much anybody could read this novel. You don't have to sit there, you know, like Three-Body Problem, I thought was a great book, but it's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for everybody. Yeah, but this is a book that I think a wide range of people would like to read, 
I think it should have huge commercial appeal. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope it does. It's the kind of book that would I hope that can adapt. Um, and being with through Orbit, you know, it's going to be a wide market release. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I think it's the kind of book that I would recommend to you know just about anybody to read. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's everything there. Thank you guys all very much. Have a great night. Chris, do you need to do a mic check? Um, um I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I did one while you weren't recording. Oh, yeah, because I definitely didn't have record. I wasn't. If I'd have been recording, we'd be good. But do you need to? I was trying to think of something funny, but no random. I don't know. Modulistic terror. Yeah, there was modulistic terror. A vast sadistic feast. The only way to exit is going piece by piece. You have no choice of life or death. My face you will not see. I'll rip your flesh till there's no breath. Dismembered destiny. Is this our, is this our version? A, we finally got a Hazen's Metal Corner in? Yeah, that's uh, that would be... Uh, piece by piece by Slayer. The album <laughs> Raining Blood. The first song after Angel of Death. Which great song. Yeah. yeah. Well, as the uh, non-musical person here. Oh, I think we're getting uh, Bar- uh Barry. I think we're gonna get Barry a drum set for Christmas and they're gonna let him come over and play. No. <laughs> 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 Bran, we're gonna get I think we're getting Bran a real drum set for Christmas. Oh man, I nice. thought you were gonna get me a drum set. That's yeah. right. I'll live. As he uh see he's got his little toy one over there. He normally while he's pooping, he set he sets the drum set up in front of him <laughs> and just like plays the drums while he's sitting in there. So pooping. he's taking a drump. <laughs> 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 a drump. <laughs> and if you're reading him a fairy tale, he's drumple still. You know, one day he's not going to be three. And these are the, these kind of stories when he's going to hear, he's going to be like, wow, dad, you're a real asshole. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for putting that on the internet. Yeah. That, uh, that I poop in the living room and, <laughs> and have a drum set in front of me. Yeah. Well, he really likes to play it though. Unless you didn't put them on any grunge bands album covers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How many did Nirvana just have the one baby on there? Or were there multiple like albums? No, there was like, just, the, just one the one chasing the dollar yeah. in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been pictures of him as an adult now, too. You know? Huh. Imagine that. The whole world knows you're an anteater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this part of the recording needs to be circumcised. It really needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.